providing tips and guidance to help you grow your business. You're listening to the Advisor to Advisor podcast, advice for advisors from advisors. Welcome to Advisor to Advisor. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are taking some time to join us. Myself and Pat here, we're both practicing financial advisors, have been so for 25 years, and we take this podcast as a, a place to um, reach out to the community of a fellow advisors. And help people be better advisors. That's our we, hope. Yes, we think there's a tremendous opportunity in fiduciary-minded advisors doing the right thing for clients, and um, we're just so we're here to help with it. Share with you who we are, and and at some point in time, if you have an interest in talking to us about joining us, we'd love to have that conversation as well. And on today's show, we're talking with our very own Senior Director of Operations, uh, Robert Vaughn. Rob, uh, he's been with Hanson McLean for about three years, but he's got 25 years of experience in the industry. Uh, he's really in charge of all of our client care. And with Hanson McLean, we have 4,300 households at the time of this recording. Two and a, almost two and a half billion under administration and management. And our clients still feel like they're part of a small company. Yes. In fact, our net promoter scores, which is used to measure, if you're not familiar with the net promoter score, it's used to measure client satisfaction, uh, is some of the highest in the industry. And a large part is because what Rob has done with his team. So, uh, Rob, welcome to Advisor to Advisor. Thanks, Scott. Glad you are taking some time to talk with us. So um, before you joined Hanson McLean, you were with E-Trade. Is that right? I was, yes. I spent 17 years of ups and downs and blood, sweat, and tears with E-Trade. So and E-Trade's more of a trading platform. You're, uh, they're more kind of customers than clients. But what did you, what are a couple of the key learnings, that, takeaways that you had at E-Trade that you were able to you know, implement at Hanson McLean that led to a better customer service experience here? Well, yeah, efficiency was the name of the game there, which is not necessarily uh, a client-eccentric type of uh, um, role. Um, when I came here, I spent a lot of time sitting with folks and understanding wealth management, uh, which is different than uh, E-Trade, where it's uh, catering to self-directed investors. So there's, there's difference. Um, so things that I really focused on when I first started was how quickly do we open up new accounts? How quickly do we transfer assets? And that was my focus initially. Uh, and and we our, made, our uh, industry is not exactly known for the speed of setting up accounts. <laughs> for sure. Um, my, my first week here, I was quite surprised at how much that we're still working with paper. Whereas with the onlines, you know, they've been setting up accounts electronically for the last 15 years, so getting adjusted to that. But in our world with paper, you can still be very efficient and, and quick. And, um, you know, we did a lot with scanning documents, uh, a lot of measuring. Um, and when I started, it was taking us about, you know, three weeks to open up an account and transfer uh, the assets. We've got that down to eight business days. And that's monitored um, continuously to make sure that we're not slipping on that service. So that was the first area that I focused on. And as far as um, our staffing level, uh, what did you have in your department as far as client care you know, associates then versus today? And how many clients do we have then? Oh, you mean that versus E-Trade? Is that what you're No, no, no. Here at Hanson McLean. Got it. We have so less we, employees we have serving more clients today. That is correct. With so better we had service. 50, 
better service. So we had 15 uh, full-time client service representatives, um, and right now we have 12. So we've reduced headcount by three, um, but we have quite a bit of capacity just because of the systems that we've installed, the processes, and more importantly, we just have great people. So uh, Without the great people, it doesn't matter what you have. Right. So, Rob, how do you know we have capacity, and how do you know our service is so yes. good? Monitoring volumes. Um, I also do a fair amount of sitting out on the floor in our different locations, so I can overhear conversations. I can see people working, but more than that, the, we track uh, so many different metrics. You know, number of phone calls each person takes, how many tasks, how much dictation they do for advisors. Um, we have a metric called household served. Um, those are the key metrics that I look at. And then you have different skill sets. Some folks are really, really good with clients. Uh, they're great on the phone or they're, they're great meeting with uh, folks, but maybe a little slower on the processing side. And then other folks can be really, really fast with preparing paperwork, um, are, are just really workhorses on uh, answering phone calls, um, but aren't as, uh, they don't come across as well as some of the other folks. Um, and so you kind of balance all that out. Uh, when I first came on, there were a couple folks that just didn't, uh, they didn't have the, the communication skills to represent us well. And so uh, we, we managed them into other areas or outside the organization. So the folks that we have on the phones now, uh, number one is quality of service to the client. Are you friendly? Um, are you resolving things quick? Do you and that's, get along with others? And you, and you track the resolution, problem resolutions uh, somehow? Uh, absolutely. You know, we spot check. There's a lot of audits. So we have two managers that audit uh, quite a number of things. I will go in and poke in every once in a while also. Um, where my focus, again, is how quickly are we opening new accounts? How quickly are we transferring money and funding? So those things we monitor. So. So we we have a we have a fair number of firms from across the United States that will visit our offices for for many reasons. One is they just want to know how we do business, um, and uh, so others are looking to partner with us in some form or fashion. Um, and this is especially happened since we were out there in the marketplace looking to uh, build a national footprint with Handsome McLean. When I bring them. Uh, around and show them the client service people. And then we get to look at the business analytics behind client service. That's probably where, uh, I, I, where the other firms will say to me, so isn't this a little bit draconian how much you're measuring and sharing with the people that are in client service? So can you talk a little bit about, uh, what you use those business analytics, what kind of software that's behind it and actually how it's actually improved employee morale to the point that Hanson McLean uh, was recently voted the Sacramento's best place to work by the Sacramento Business Journal. Um, so can you talk a little bit about those? Because people have a, a completely different view of actually how it's turned out, which is if you're monitoring, measuring, it must be draconian. But in fact, it's draconian. It's, draconian. it's exactly the other. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. Yeah. There's a fair, there's a healthy competition amongst the individual members and the team members because we, we have a monthly, what I call the client activity report, that gets emailed out to all team members on a monthly basis. And so you can see how many phone calls your coworker is answering, how many tasks 
you know, how many new accounts are being opened up, and it's a, a healthy competition. I had um, no idea we were doing this. Yeah, we it's monthly do that. It's actually it's quite amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's when I started, we had different teams a team that would open new accounts and a team that would do transfers. And we had what was called an ongoing service team and they weren't interacting well. It was, it was not a healthy competition because they had different functions. So someone might say, well, I'm doing new accounts, which is way more difficult and more important than, you know, ongoing service. And so the teams would tend not to help each other out. We disbanded that quickly and so everybody is doing a very similar job, but I very much believe in you hold people accountable and you give them ownership. So, but, so but now it, it hasn't created this environment where it's big brother overlooking everything. In fact, it's just exactly the opposite. Is that correct? Correct. But it's, it's how you treat people, though. You know, you can hold this stuff over people and, and go to them and say, well, you're not you're not pulling your fair share or you should be doing more here. You don't handle people that way. Um, there are, you have to recognize that there's different skill sets and some people are quicker on technology. Some people are better again, like I said, with in front of people. So we don't live and die off the metrics. So if someone is a, a lower volume, I almost always, that is a person who's more of an extrovert. They like to be on the phones. They like to be serving people face-to-face. Um, so you don't live and die off of it. And so you've got to be careful, again, not to beat them over the head. But the purpose of it is just so you know what your coworker is doing. So if someone is doing a lot more volume and you think you're, you're busy, well, there may be something you need to be doing differently, more efficiently, um, you know, to, to increase your volume. Or... We have one on. We have check-in meetings on a monthly basis, and we talk about things like like that. You know, where are your numbers were not, but it's how you present it. And so, can you talk a, a little bit about um, about the small team uh, advisor groups that we have and how they interact with clients? Yeah, I was going to ask customers gonna, and the clients. Essentially, we have forty three hundred households we serve. How do we make it feel like for our clients that when they call? It feels like it's still a small company that that's a personal relationship. Whoever they're talking to knows them, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the backbone of client service because it's client service in our name. That's what we do. So we do have small teams. So what we've done is we have uh, a client service representative or client service analyst. So we have a, a job um, path in our group. You start off as a CSR client service representative. Um, once you master that, you go to a client service analyst, and then we have a senior client service analyst. But there's at least one of those folks assigned to each advisor. Sometimes a client service person will have two advisors they support, and they do all of that advisor's uh, related work. So they'll schedule the appointments, they'll do their dictation, they'll prepare all their paperwork. When a client calls in, they go to our central uh, front desk. They're greeted um, with our director of first impressions will then look up that client and then they will transfer that call directly to that service person who uh, services the advisor. If they're not available, there's an assigned backup. And then we have backups to the backups. So, you know, when volumes are high or we're in flu season, people are sick, uh, there's always a backup to this. And uh, a client will never, ever get a voice message if they call in our business hours, ever, unless they specifically request it. And um, what percentage of the time um, 
when they call, do they get their <clears throat> assigned client service associate or representative? Now, do you know the answer to that? I, I do. Um, so they, 50% of the time, they get their primary assigned person. We have what are called overflow calls. So if someone calls in and our director of first impression is already on a phone call, that will overflow into client service. So whoever's been available the longest will get that call. And we have intentionally said we want to do a first call resolution. So if it overflows, you will get someone else. But we believe having quickness uh, of response is more important than trying to transfer that call to another person who may not be available. So about 50% of the time, the client... This is important. I think this is an important distinction because I didn't necessarily believe that years ago. I would have thought otherwise. But our net promoter scores, we had an outside firm research uh, interview survey a bunch of our clients, a net promoter score of 85 or 86. 86. 86. Uh, Extremely high. And if you don't know what that is, look it up somewhere. And I think it's in part of this. So go back to this again. You, you talked about first call resolution and why that's important. First call resolution. Well, we've asked clients that. Uh, we've kind of done an informal poll with clients and said, if you called and your service person is not available, would you rather receive their voice message and a call back from them? Or would you like it just to be resolved? And everybody would, res- well, not everybody, but the vast majority of people responded, I just need to have my issue resolved. And so I'm fine getting someone else. Um, and they trust. And they trust our system, so they know that once they talk to somebody, even if it's not their primary service rep that they have a relationship with, they trust that whoever they speak with is going to take care of whatever issue they called about based upon Correct. previous experiences. Correct, because all the client service reps are are trained on the systems and, and can you know handle all of our custodians. They can cross over and uh, handle that. It's not like. Uh, a client that's going to, you know, advisor A is going to have different requests than someone going to advisor B. It, it's the same type of work. So they're going to get that resolved. Got quickly. it. What do you think? As, wait, 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 one second. Can you just walk us through this dictation thing? You mentioned dictation. Tell us how that works. Yes. So our advisors, when they meet with clients to do an annual review, or it's very, maybe the first time we're, we're meeting with the client after that uh, meeting is is concluded any client document any client any meeting document that any meeting um and so they will call on their phones a a service it's a dictation service and they'll speak in their phone uh met with mr mrs jones we did a full risk profile they scored a 50 we discussed a home sale whatever so they'll go through that whole um scenario and summarize the the salient points in the meeting and then their client service rep Later on that day or the next morning, depending on when they left it, uh, that verbal will be translated into written text by a dictation service. So someone at Hanson McLean will then log into that service, will cut and paste the written verbiage into the appointment in our CRM system, and then the client service person will read through it because we've trained our advisors that at the end of dictation, if they have anything, any deliverables, anything that the client service rep needs to do, such as a client um, wants to change their beneficiary, send out a beneficiary change form, or the client wants to withdraw uh, 10000 next week, they're going to go on vacation, whatever it is, that'll be at the dictation, and so the client service person will um, open up tasks and then satisfy those requests. So, so, Rob, so the advisors aren't calling their assistants. They're not emailing their assistants. They're it's not all- even walking into the office next door to have to talk to the assistant. And the assistant no. could be across town, 
Yep, or across uh, the country. Or a different state. Yeah, so we, we have, as, as you know, we have uh, two advisors up in Denver right now and, and an advisor in the Bay Area and another advisor that does a lot of their work in the Bay Area. Um, they don't have to be in the same location as the, as the client service. And if you ask all four of those guys, they love their client service people. And we try to fit the right personalities when we first went to this structure a few years back to get the right personality fits, and then we don't change it unless we absolutely have to because you build this trust and the bond between the client service rep and the advisor as well as the client service rep and the clients. That's impressive. So because it's um, the name is Hans McLean on the door, Scott and I will naturally take credit for all of this, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but I, in, in also, but in serious, that dictation is was a, a, a changer for us in a couple of reasons. One, like the most exp- in a lot of advisory firms, the most highly most highly paid employee is the advisor, is the lead advisor, right? So, um, and the most technical. And if you can have some of the other tasks done through other people, great. So, dictation is one of the, a key thing that. If we can do a brain dump real quick through a dictation, most advisors, it's quickest for them just to speak it real quick, not have to enter any task, gets entered into the system. And then furthermore, it enables their client service uh, associate to deal with those matters when the client service associate has the time and capacity to do it, right? So, right. And, and you also find advisors, and I'm going to paint with a broad brush, but we want them in front of clients instead of dealing with paperwork or opening up tasks. And that's what we do in operations. We take all that off of their plate. So advisors get to be advisors. Exactly. Yeah. Spend the time talking with them. Yeah. But I'll tell you, uh, in addition to that dictation, if you talk to advisors, the the, what we've done in the trading department has had a dramatic impact on uh, taking administrative burdensome things like manual reviewing accounts for trading, and we've automated a lot of that. So we've saved advisors anywhere from five to ten hours a week in not having to do trade functions. Speak a little more to that. And what was, so, what's, what was the system we were using? When was it an issue, and how has that system changed and made our life easier for our clients, our advisors? So. So in 2015, we dramatically changed most of our systems, our CRM system, our trading rebalancing system, and our portfolio accounting system. So for the rebalancing system in particular, prior to this change, all trades were done manually. So let's say a client calls up and says, hey, I um, need $5,000 to what have you. So they would call the good client service rep. The client service rep in the old days would then open up a task for the advisor and notify them that the client needs to make a withdrawal. And um, what if position no do I cash, sell? Yeah. Exactly. If there's no cash available, the advisor would look at the portfolio, decide what to sell, then they would open up a trade ticket with the trading department. The trading department would then log into the custodian website, and we, multi- we handle multiple custodians, all the major custodians. So they would log in and manually place that, and then the next day we would manually reconcile. So what we entered, did that actually execute? So very labor-intensive. So with our new system, which is TAMRAC, the advisor rebalancing system, you can build models or strategies on the system, and you can do what's called a liquidation-only rebalance. You can do a target rebalance. You can do a purchase-only rebalance. There's different types of rebalances, but the most typical scenario that advisors would get involved with is when they need to liquidate positions. So when you build the model, 
the system in our new way of doing this, we don't even go to the advisor. So a client calls up, I need money, and if there's not money in there, there's a task that goes to the trading department. They do what's called a liquidation-only rebalance, which looks for what positions are overweighted, meaning so to bring the bring the, too much. bring the uh, the portfolio back into into closer to modeling. It, use that as an opportune time to true the portfolio up. Exactly, exactly. So in some cases, there may only be one trade. There may have been just one position that was overweight, and that's we sell that. In other cases, if the uh, portfolio is very close to target, there may be two, three, four different sales. But the point being is that the advisors aren't involved at all, correct? Correct. And it gets the portfolio closer to its its model. And it it takes into cost... uh, it takes into account trading costs as well. So there's no one that, that loses out here. It's just the efficient use of uh, technology in the systems. So exactly. Rob, tell me about what you're thinking going forward, right? So we're adding uh, other firms are joining us uh, right now and, and we're opening offices uh, in different locations. Tell me what you're thinking uh, this model looks like going forward. You'll have, let's say we go out and we partner with a firm that has, I don't know, 10 employees. Would you put client service people in those offices? Let's say if it was in uh, Fresno, Modesto, Bakersfield, Chicago, Detroit. If you had a, a, if you had good employees anywhere in the country, would you do everything you could to keep those employees? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm excited about, you know, learning how other people do things. You know, I come in where I have, I'm open to change. You know, we do things a certain way at Hanson McLean. And I know it's you know, efficient, and we certainly our clients have expressed uh, positive surveys and such, but you never know when there's another firm that's doing something better. So I'm ex- personally excited about learning how other people do things and taking what they do, their best practice, and in, in implementing it and implementing our best practices with them and listening to um, how other folks do it. Um, I'm looking forward to that personally. Well, good. And I know um, we were talking about how everyone's measured uh, and reported upon, and some find it draconian, but yet we, Hanson McLean was recently awarded the best employer, plus place to work in Sacramento. And, and part of that reason is because of the measurements. Nothing, it, it isn't as subjective. And these are through employee, this is what is surveys that employees completed. Yeah. And part of it is is that by measuring closely, it allows you to actually train up at deficiencies that people may have or move them to a, a position that is better suited for their skill set. Right. And I also think people like to be acknowledged for the work they're doing. If you're not measuring it, um, how, you, you don't have the opportunity to go up to someone and say, gosh, you took a lot of phone calls during tax season. Thank you very much. And we'll run little campaigns during tax season because our our call volume will go up. So whoever's first, second, third in volume, they'll get a gift card and they'll get acknowledged. We, we do little things like that. But I know when I, you know, I work my way up the ranks, it's nice to be acknowledged for the work that you, uh, you perform. And you only see that on these, these production reports. Well, and hopefully one day Pat will acknowledge you as well, Rob. And say, Good job, Rob. <laughs> Rob. Glad you're part of the team. Obviously, we think the world of Rob. <laughs> we truly do. We're, uh, we are lucky to have him as part of the team. Uh, always amazed at um, how efficient and happy uh, your organization seems to be. Yeah. So thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. So hey, uh, uh, 
This concludes the time we've got here today, our Advisor to Advisor podcast. Uh, Pat and I do this essentially as a way to help other advisors get better at their trade so they can serve their clients better. Uh, feel free to spend some time on our website, advisor2advisor.com, to learn more about some of our webinars and whatnot. Also, um, check out handsomemclean.com. That's our advisory firm, and you can learn more about uh, what we're doing there. We also have a uh, link there. To, uh, or if you're ever interested in, in becoming involved with us uh, in some form or fashion, don't hesitate yeah. to uh, get on the phone and uh, give me a call personally at 916 916- 482-2196. That's 916-482-2196. It's been nice being here with you. Enjoy the rest of your day. The contents of this podcast are exclusively intended for financial professionals. 